Hello and welcome to Perception Issues, episode number five. Um, hello, Annabelle. Hello, Ian. Um, what's Perception Issues in French? Jeez, put about pretty be on the spot. <laughs> de... Something de perception. Mm, okay. It, it literally came to my head a little bit earlier. Problème de perception. Oh, okay. Just in case got, we end up with any French listeners. Okay. I don't know what they're, they're talking about. Uh, yes, hello. Um, I think last time we did an episode, there was a gap of 21 months, I think we said at the start. Uh, I think we, we've improved. It's about nine this time. <laughs> so who knows? Next time, four? Maybe we can do it within a couple of weeks. Let's have a go. Let's go crazy. Yes, a lot's happened, but let's not get into that. <clears throat> let's get on with something else. Um, I think the thing which I, I wanted to talk about this time was... The the not the concept, just the or the idea. I want to talk about then and now. I mean, if we're, if we're really talking about perception, it's more around. I think I was thinking about. Well, I guess the the it comes down to revisiting things. I always had the theory that from the time I started reading books for fun or watching films or whatever, it was always that whole. I'm not going to rewatch things i'm not going to reread things there there are too many things in this world for me to watch once anyway and people you hear people saying oh well i, I reread this book every year and i do that. i'm like are you crazy why are you rereading things what there's not enough time but i've been thinking about that a lot recently um with regards to how obviously the natural shifting of time um your your own personal lens changes over time and then when you see things and you, you do see them differently um, so it, it, I do feel like I need to rewatch stuff. I need to reread stuff, and it really pains me, kind of accepting that. I, I do have to go back over things, and there will be more things than I thought I'll never be able to actually watch or read or get to. I guess Does that makes sense. Yep. So I don't know. It's I'm thirty-five now. If I think of things that I watched 10 years ago, I'm like, well, if I like something then, will I like it now? That's a dangerous thing. If there's something you really love and you go back and revisit it and you're like, actually, this is a bit shit. Well, you're also putting a lot of pressure on whatever that thing is. I know, but I mean, to a lot of people, some people are really like, I love this, so this is me. But then say, imagine you're like, I love this, this is me. Uh, but then, so you go and watch it and then suddenly you're just like, actually. I think I it depends that. on how much <clears throat> you change with the times as well. Exactly. Because some people will like one sort of music all their life, and that's that. But then there's that a definition of this is my taste. I like X, or is it odd to you that somebody will like the same type of music from their teens to their old age, I, which is fairly common. Yeah, yeah, it is. I guess I've I've always kind of not felt like that. Like if I look at if I look back, if I was to get into Last FM and look at my data. I, I think it's just kind of shifted. I think I said to you recently that I, I've been playing guitar for, what, 20 years, I guess, but never has it felt so outdated now, whereas there's some people who will always just play guitar in a certain way forever. I don't think that... It's... Who's right? <laughs> I don't know if anyone's is right or wrong, is it? an issue of perception. <laughs> it, it definitely is. It For me, it feels like a perception issue because I felt like I always really sort of like... I, I would never reread a book and I, now I'm thinking I really should reread books like I've only read one book twice which was A Clockwork Orange and I think that was just because of the language used in it and now I'm like a book that I read when I was 20 
or 25 now I might get so much more out of I think you're unusual in that you're putting very high expectations <clears throat> on things I think I don't consider knowing myself well enough to have an issue with having ever wanted to reread or rewatch. I rarely I've probably rewatched a lot I rarely reread just through lack of time yeah but I never had an issue I don't think I know I don't think I've ever felt I know myself well enough to think well I'm the person who likes this therefore mm. I'm always going to like it in this way and I'm not going to change because I I feel like I don't know myself that well yeah. or my taste yeah 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 I think that's fair enough uh, definitely I mean for me I, I'm I am my body is ready I am going to <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to go and rewatch some stuff which I think of now and I kind of maybe didn't get and we've spoken recently about watching more stuff from the 70s not we were around when it first came out but there are certain things I watched I know I've mentioned The Godfather people like The Godfather's one of the best films ever and I feel like it went over my head and if I watch it now would I be like oh, okay I get it okay that makes sense I can I can see where you're coming from um, I think I'm just going to like more old person stuff I think <laughs> I like 70s I think I like the classics more now because I suddenly appreciate them I don't care about all the you know fast high flying fun stuff anymore yeah 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 it's got grumpier you just want something a bit more chilled out I just, well i just want something that's of high quality yeah yeah, yeah i don't want throw away hollywood it's very that's, whereas i think i probably did want throw away hollywood a few years ago i think that is a, a very Pause true point. do it nice um i think that is a very valid point yeah like i feel like i would have been more accepting of shit i guess and sometimes like oh this yeah that's fine yeah now i'm just like no i mean i like trash if it's good trash yeah but yeah yeah so if i'd seen crank which we saw last week for the first time 10 years ago i might have been like oh okay jason statham doing this thing now i'm just like this oh jason it's just a waste of my life (laughs) we have very limited time yeah so you you really want it to count yeah i think that makes a big difference before um, you could lose time and it didn't really matter. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Imagine yeah, what will be like in another thirty years. Oh, excellent. I don't know. Maybe we just accept it then. I don't know. Um, I guess. And um, talking about films, the the film which I watched recently, which made me think about not necessarily are of a different age, but a different person. So we became parents almost exactly two years ago, um, and I recently watched A Quiet Place, which is a horror film. And which I couldn't watch. <laughs> which you have not watched. And will not watch. <laughs> but largely the, the, the theme, um, the themes are, are clearly about parenthood and protecting your family. So after watching that, I mean, it really got to me when I watched it. You know, I, that's the, I, I shed tears 1.5 times was watching that, that film. Just Can because, I run through that 0.5 again? It was like, it was something happened which was more of a, a, a few sobs. It wasn't a full on, oh dear. Oh, I've just remembered the bit which actually made me cry, yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, there was one bit which really got me, but it didn't quite tip me over the edge, but I'd still classify it as half a cry. Half, half a sob. Half a cry. Um, but yeah, the thing with a quiet, a quiet Place is if I had seen that whilst not being a parent, how much would that have affected me? That's why I can't watch it. It's not, I think I would, because it's not, it's a horror, but it's a thriller. Yeah, it's, it's a great, it's a, re, it's a good film as well. And I think, and I wanted to watch it, and then I had to get you to watch it before me, because the parent thing ruins me now. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I was sensitive before, but on horrors, but now if yeah. there's child involved, 
I can't read the news anymore. No, kid no, goes yeah. missing. Something yep. happens. No, the, the whole it destroys you. Parent, Trump, that Trump, just oof. Trump oh, yeah. camps for the kids. Camps. Yeah, but yeah, like going back to culture stuff. That's that is a big part of if I start reading something now, and there's a, a kid involved, it absolutely slays me. Yeah. Um. So it's it's sort of been. I don't know, it's been floating around for a while, this whole idea, and I think we will touch on it a lot more going forward. It's definitely a lot, it affects our perception a lot, how old we are, how what we used to listen to, what we listen to now, how we listen to it, What there's, there's, there are so many facets. Yeah, I think, yeah, certainly anything that involves time, if you're going to watch a two-hour something, you, you just cannot afford to throw away time anymore. Yeah, yeah, so you want to like it. So you uh, rewatch something that you know is, or you at least believe is worth it, rather than stay up to date. Yeah, I un- I understand why people get old and stay within certain areas which they know. Well, I'm happy with. slowing down significantly. <laughs> but then, like I said, um, so I really love, or I believe I really love. See, it's, it's shaking me a bit. I'm like, do what do I like? Everything I say, I like. So I've always said. Punch Drunk Love is one of, if not my favourite films. I've not actually watched it for at least five years, I'd say. Um, and I read an article the other day. It's probably from a few years back. I think it was from Robert E. Rob, Robert E. Robert Roger Ebert dot com, the film critic. Um, so it wasn't him. It was another guy writing it, and it's a series of articles actually where certain critics revisit films they hated to start off with, and then subsequently grew to love. Well, Kamau does that a lot. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Mark Kamau obviously talks about you know that kind of changed my mind I changed my mind which I think is is great because um, you, you've got to got to do that uh, but this person wrote about how they watched Punch Drunk Love when they were maybe 16, 17 they thought it was the director being a arty wanker basically and this guy considered themselves to be quite well sort of educated on film and they, they just believed that the film was wrong not them and then they revisited it maybe 10 years later and he was just like actually this is great so that that's that's also good as well. But then that is that. That's not necessarily the film is better or worse or anything to do with the production of the film. It it's just that different things appeal to different people of different ages. Well, that, yeah, yeah. And as the guy said in the article, there were certain emotions um, that the main character Barry Egan displays that he couldn't relate to, but ten years later can. And I feel like. I kind of felt that when I first watched it, but now I'm much more able to kind of articulate what it is that I connect with with that film. So maybe I should watch it again. And we'll come back. We'll come back to that. So yeah, um, and I guess one thing we are going to do because perception issues. The plan was always to be a website. We did have a website at one point, which got hacked. What on the week of the day of our daughter being born. Uh, that's almost back up so there will be hopefully some reoccurring articles around um, then and now and we'll see what we go where we go with that have you got any other points on then and now Annabelle uh, peruse your notes no my notes weren't on then and now this is some poor planning oh well that's that's alright what, what are your notes oh, let me just check my all notes all the other stuff all the other stuff yeah Oh, I, I, I did see. We, I did write a box. I did draw a little box around the word nostalgia. Oh yeah, but I think that's a that's a whole other question. Yeah, I think yeah. Just to say that that will be something that we touch on, and how that will cloud. 
I think it's a bit of a different thing because the then and now that we were talking about <clears throat> this was do you actively choose to revisit something knowing that there's so much other stuff out there and in today's world with all of the different channels available to you there is constant pressure to know what's going on I think there was like some study about the amount of pressure that Zenial no Jed Zen are under because they feel like they have to know everything and it's impossible to know everything about all the different things that are going on so you give up that time to reread or rewatch or re-listen or whatever something how do you make that decision like how do you perceive what is worth it whereas nostalgia is a huge emotive issue that can like block people from doing anything yeah i don't think they're necessarily related okay they are but not yeah, yeah there's yeah. also a different reasoning for the then and now well we'll come, we'll come back to that then at some point sometime that i think it's a massive thing that we could probably talk about every week yeah i think yeah i've I have not reread anything in a very long time. But no. It just there's just too much. No. Well, okay. rewatching comes is uh, that's why I miss television. Yeah. Because you re like there are certain things everyone's seen. I don't know Star Wars or something bits of a gazillion times because it's always on at Christmas mm. and whatever. And we don't watch television in the true sense of the word television anymore, and haven't done for many years. So we never catch things anymore and I always found that that was one of the things that cements why you love something I don't feel I love things in the way I used to I see what you mean it's almost a, a more of a forced you have I to go and search Mary things Poppins out I love Mary forever because I've seen it in various different 30 minute to an hour slots of it probably every year of my life is this like just like are we starting to talk about that some of our preferences are basically formed through some sort of Stockholm syndrome you're just stuck with certain channels so then you see certain things like well I probably like <laughs> I'm sure there's an element of that the things that you love if you think about I know the words to certain songs like the back of my hand pretty much because I only had those CDs yeah like the era so I lived in Spain for a year or so and I only I was on mini disc. I only had a limited selection of mini discs with me for that year, and I know the words to every single song that was with me during that year. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, it doesn't happen. I. I mean, now we have so much choice. Yeah, now you have every song that you'd want to listen to anytime with you all the time, no matter what country yeah, you're which, in. Which is great, but it's also yeah. a bit sad. It's sad. Yeah. It is sad. You don't appreciate things. Definitely. Yeah. Like I, I will, I will listen to an album probably like 5% as much as I used to yeah and a lot of the time I don't listen to albums yeah it's all about playlists but anyway that's another <laughs> topic so still we'll then and now still then and now it is still then and now okay we might just rename this whole thing to then and now um, let's move on uh, we've been away for like we said nine months we've got a lot to catch up on with regards to what's been pushed out there into the world when we're talking films books TV there it is we love talking about that let's get on to that Annabelle, uh, we'll try and keep After this snappy, you. but um, oh, I'm just flipping like a over a page of my notes because they're so <laughs> comprehensive. Um, we'll go films, then we'll do TV, then books, and then we'll do the music flip. Where's the coin? We need a coin. We'll come back to that. So over the past sort of, you know, into this year, what films, I've probably got a couple, so I've, the same as. Yeah, I haven't watched that many. I've only watched the same films as you. I haven't had a, I haven't watched that many <laughs> films. You've watched the big ones. So what what have you liked or not 
really not liked? I didn't have that in my notes because I thought that I was following your notes. <laughs> okay, well, I'll go first then. <laughs> um, I'll start with a film that we watched over Christmas, which we both really liked, and we knew that we really liked it because it was a very long film, but we didn't feel it. Blade Runner 2049. And we went to bed much later than we normally do, given that we have to get up at, well, we were getting up at about 5 a.m. Yeah. at that point, and we yeah. still went to bed really late yeah. because of this film. Because normally we would just say, hey, let's just watch the second, let's just cut it into two parts and watch the second part the following day. But no, uh, we didn't even question it. We didn't even think, oh, this is getting a bit late. It, it was just, it ended, and we realised we'd been there for almost three hours. Um, I think it was, it completely surpassed my expectations. I think there was a lot of apprehension when it came out. Um, I personally think Blade Runner is a bit overrated. Um, but this one, I absolutely loved. Um, the story was really good. It was a great continuation of that world they built and everything in it was, was good. The acting, the way it looked, the music. I want to watch it again. Yeah, it was good. I called it. I called what the, the oh, twist yeah, was. Oh, you did. Yeah, you did. Okay. Yeah, you did. Yeah, okay. Yeah, fair um, play. Yeah, no, I think often the story suffers I'm much more straight laced than you so normally I'm like yes it can be visually appealing but if it does not have a decent underlying story or something that you care about then I will get very impatient with it whereas you won't but in this case the story didn't suffer while it also looked visually amazing mm. yeah yeah I agree with that so like we're a little bit late to the party talking well, about yeah. that. But there this you go. is this, this is a quick summary. This should be a quick summary. Uh, well, something a bit more, a bit more current. No, it still came out around Christmas. Uh, Phantom Thread. I'm going with next. Which yeah, we we only recently watched that. Yeah, which again I absolutely loved. Um, it's very rich. So much yeah, about it. I have it. to say on that one, I did really enjoy the visuals. <clears throat> In a different way. That was just the use of the visuals to build the character mm. it was very yeah that was very good yeah and kind of unexpected towards the end Daniel Day-Lewis Paul Thomas Anderson it, it's just an incredibly solid film so again I would happily watch it again <laughs> DDL it's the only thing you can watch again oh yeah apparently it's his last film isn't it we'll see I think he's just going to start turning up in things wearing disguises he's that good he'll be in theatre or something yeah yeah um, I've got down here Marvel two Marvel films I think we actually Marvels. Marvel I th- up I think the, the only time that we actually made it out to a cinema because you feel like you have to watch those yeah in the cinema. so Black Panther and Infinity War uh, which we liked both yeah I like them so both much. I mean they are what they are they're Marvel I don't expect I don't I'm never going to be one of those people that has everything riding on a Marvel film. It can only do so much. Yeah. And it's got to appeal to the masses. It has a huge weight of expectation on it in how it deals with the characters and the plot and all the rest of it. And yeah, I think they did really well. Yeah, yeah. I think I like what they're doing with some of the directors they're bringing in now. So Black Panther, Ryan Coogler, and like what they did with Thor Ragnarok. They're bringing in something that they're becoming more individual, which is very cool. Uh, they still suffer from that last third thing like in Black Panther it's two Black Panthers fighting each other in like a dark train 
which I mean, I just think they have to. If they didn't have that, yeah, it's very difficult. You cannot make you can't make that part of the comic universe. Yeah, I mean, for me also, female characters that are just good female characters, rather than having to be highlighted as a strong female becoming the norm, is yeah, long yeah, overdue. Yeah. So it's like yes, they're just they're just good characters. They don't have to be pointed out because Black Widow. She used to ha- she was like, oh look, she's the strong female character who can shoot. Well done, Black Widow. And now it's just becoming the norm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the thing with Black Panther. How many? Well, his whole army yeah. is female. It's all female. Yeah, it's just it, yeah, very good. And then Infinity War. As I've been saying, but all I can say is well done, Marvel, because it's it's. As, as I keep saying, it's a massive undertaking, 10 years worth of work. It's not, obviously not a perfect film, but what they've put together is so much better than I think that they had any right to. That many that many things happening, that many people, and you want to see the next one. And Yeah, everyone who saw this one is going to go and see the next one. Yeah, and like no, no spoilers, but the way they ended it was very brave as well, I thought. And I don't think there's anyone in the world who hasn't seen it. <laughs> there we go. Spoiler. <laughs> Um, so yeah, well done, Marvel. Keep it up because we in, we enjoy those. Um, I've already mentioned the Quiet Place. Very good. Uh, well done, John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. I think I think they're the kind of people I would like in real life. Yeah, I feel so, like I'd want to be friends. with so them. So I was like very happy. And the stories of the making of it um, were also very touching. So I, I recommend going We've checking. Really watched some made. They've either been Oscar nominees or like blockbusters. Yeah. There's nothing left to centre, which is unusual. Uh, what is the small thing we've watched together? Well, Jackie was a Jackie was an Oscar nom. Yeah, yeah, they've all been. I mean, we do try and do all the Oscar. Yeah, because we watched Lady Bird as a rule. Yeah, Lady Bird, which we both really loved. Yeah. Um, yeah well, that's my era. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot to connect with there, but yeah. it was just really nice. And I think we remember, I remember saying all of the everyone in it, the way they like pull off their characters, the way they portray them was just was just great. Yeah. So Laurie Metcalf. Yeah, a round know, of applause. I, I can't remember who plays her dad, but he was so good in it as well. Yeah. So, yeah, that was really good. Um, come back to Jackie. I've got it down there as a Portman double bill because I watched Annihilation. Oh yeah. Which I can take or leave. I, I've got down here books, the Southern Reach trilogy because I don't know if I spoke about that before. I can't remember if I was reading it last time we did it. But anyway, so the film adaptation of Annihilation. I really didn't care for it. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> and Jackie... Bitter. Yeah, I prefer the book, and I don't know. I, I don't really know what they're trying to do. It's just not great. Um, Jackie was very interesting. I didn't really know what to expect, but it was all... It was a very good character piece, wasn't it? I liked it. Yeah. I mean, you. it didn't really teach you anything you didn't know but it really made you gave you a sense of something that you yeah yeah you just never really considered all that much yeah yeah it made you think about because everyone always just thinks about him and his family I think and then just seeing what she had to deal with in the aftermath and the Um, decisions she made and I think the big thing was like um like she chose to have the kids walk behind the cortege and then recognize that that was the wrong thing to do but with the weight of everything going on around her. Yeah. Yeah, just very... Um, and a yeah. great great score from... Yeah, very emot- emotive. Mike, very Mike, emotive. Micah Levy, whatever her name is. Um, um, you've just... I can't remember. How did I get to this? What? Uh, you've just reminded me of... Um, 
I've forgotten what it's called. That's what I'm currently looking for. Uh, Jesse Plemons comedy, but other not other people. Comedy. Yeah, is it called other people. That was like just a sort of easy watch, but quite liked it. Little indie. Yeah, and I, I like I like a little indie. Yeah, tragedy comedy. So he he was. He'd gone to New York as a writer, and he'd, he'd yeah. gotten a writing gig, which didn't really work out. So he was this big fish coming back to this small pond with his tail. And he's gay, and his father's never accepted it. That, that as well, yeah. And his mum was dying. Yeah, it was dying. So that sounds all very jolly, but <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be jolly. But no, it was just... but yeah, that was that was that was it was good. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I enjoyed I'm trying it. To remember it. I'm sure we've seen. Uh, we need to. We need to do an indie spot next time. This is a very well-researched uh, episode, this one. We just wanted to get this one done. Just this, get this it This is getting back, back on the podcast horse. The pod uh, horse. The pod horse. I don't like horses, so this is a big thing for me. It runs in the family. The horse runs in the family? <laughs> oh. It's a lack of horse love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't put a two-year-old on the back of a pony if they're not ready for it. Even if they claim they are. Even if they say, <laughs> I'm ready for it. <laughs> Don't do it unless they're ready for it. Little bonus parenting advice for you there. Um, another film which I saw my, saw by myself um, is is when I had a day to myself and I watched a couple of jolly films. Um, you were never really here. It's a Lynn Ramsey film, which is an adaptation of a sort of hundred and twelve page novella, I guess. Um, let's let's put this in in jolly terms. It's basically an ex played by Joaquin Phoenix. It's an ex FBI and special forces dude who quit because of some of the stuff he had seen. He literally specialised in sex trafficking. So now he's employed sort of off the grid to help recover girls, which is as grim as it sounds. But this is more interesting for me because I I read the book straight after and the book was awful. Um, But the film was really great. It focused on his, his, basically his mental issues caused by his abusive father what he'd seen and the way that it shows violence I thought was amazing because Lynn Ramsey spoke about it and she's just like violence the way it's shown in blockbusters and everything is so banal and it's so over the top and so video game that it, it, everyone's desensitised to it and in this you kind of see the aftermath you kind of see he goes into a brothel at one point to recover a girl and you see him going about his business via CCTV sometimes it's black and white you know it's infrared or whatever and it just makes it a little bit more disturbing which was a part of the film which was really good but then overall I think what she did with it was great particularly looking at the book itself which like I said was something written for sounds like for me it was like teenage boys so oh yeah we watched Ready Player One you just reminded me yeah Ready Player One Um, after you no end of end of no just no yeah yeah Ready Player One I mean the book was aimed at teenage boys or men who would never stop being teenage boys but you could kind of find I you know there was good nostalgia in it and there was some decent story arcs the film I don't know what you were doing Spielberg I just don't know it was I think, terrible yeah I think yeah I remember I read the book ages ago thought it was it was just too much but I thought oh maybe Spielberg can actually do something really good with it the, the word that comes to mind when I think of the film is just weightless. There was there no was just nothing. I didn't care at all about yeah. the characters. They just popped up. And there's this like, love story which happens the love story in, in like three minutes. Yeah, and yeah, the bits. 
I felt like the key bits of the book that kind of gave the characters any sort of depth, none of that was carried over. Yeah, yeah. So, Ready Player One, don't bother. Um, yeah, that was films, really. And I think the other thing I wanted to note was a couple, Phantom Thread and You Would Never Really Hear have got amazing scores by Johnny Greenwood. I've used those to, to work too, so those are well worth checking out. Johnny. Johnny. Robbed. Oscar robbed. Yeah. God, he's going he's gonna to get one. He's well, yeah, a, this rate. He's, he's, he's awesome. Um, but anyway, TV, Annabelle. Now, you and I have watched a few different things, I think. I think what I've got down here, well, there's only one which we've not watched together, but... Oh. <laughs> That's it. Off camera, Ian points <laughs> and bangs his finger into his microphone stand. This is a professional setup. Um, what TV have you watched which you really liked? Um, or didn't? Well, I'm finally <clears throat> watching the last season of Sense 8, which. I'm well behind because the finale's just aired, but I'm actually only still watching all of season two, um, which is a funny one because I just, it's always, everyone loves it. And obviously there was this huge fight um, when Netflix announced that they were not renewing it for a third season, so much so that eventually a two and a half hour long finale was filmed in place of the third season just to placate the hordes of fans that were very upset by that announcement. And I'd watched the first season, I think when I was on maternity leave, and it was one of those guilty pleasures that I thought, well, I mean, the acting's pretty awful. Like, I would say more than a little bit awful. And the storyline is very questionable. It's the uh, Wachowski uh, sisters, I guess. I think they're sisters now, yeah. Um, Of which, actually, Lily Wachowski, who had the transgender operation, didn't actually return in season for the finale. Um, because she just had the operation but yeah like it's it's all it's kind of one of those ones it's like cheap sci-fi that's how I would think of it as cheap yeah. sci-fi but it's yeah it's very endearing I'm enjoying it it just I enjoy the characters I like the the idea of it it's very it kind of tackles with a lot of issues out in the world today in terms of people coming out people being comfortable being who they are and yeah it's good also, the Korean girl's awesome. And acting awful. The I don't know how good her martial arts skills are in real life, but her martial arts skills in the uh, in the show were great to watch. I think I watched it just for that. <laughs> um, anything else? Uh, Queer Eye. Queer Eye. Who doesn't love Queer Eye? If you're a cold-hearted person, watch an episode of Queer Eye and you'll be brought back to life. I think I've seen... I know you've... We're all like, what, halfway through the second season or whatever? Yeah. Of the revival. I'm trying not to go too fast and there'll be nothing left. I've probably seen two and it's almost too much for me. Some are better than others. Some of them really... There's probably about... I'd say there's probably two or three per season that are yeah. the ones that really get you. And then yeah. the others are like, yeah, good. You know, they made him look better. It's it's nice. It's nice TV. I, I've liked what I've seen. In this day, I mean, working all week, always running around, so much to do. In this day and age, sometimes you just need a little happiness. Yeah, yeah. Um, anything else? Any other? Uh, not by myself. I don't have that much time. Okay. Um, well, I mentioned Taskmaster, which has been a, a cornerstone in our viewing habits over the past six months. Uh, it's just an incredible TV show, even though we're very worried about the later series. Um, very, very British, uh, which is always nice. Um, 
not that for we're Brits. That is, yeah, for Brits who live who don't live in Britain. May I may I state? Um, it's just a very funny show, and you get some great chemistry between people who you wouldn't normally see together across a whole series. That that for me is the unique thing. They get is it five people each series, and they're there for every episode trying to pull off these sometimes ridiculous tasks and it's great and there are some people who go in thinking eh not a massive fan of them and then you come out like nah yeah. they're good yeah it's very revealing as well but yeah I've, we, we've we've both kind of we've, we've come away with some new favourites yeah just, it makes me want to go and watch stand up of some certain people that I didn't yeah. know who they were before yeah great easy watching get on it uh, another thing we've been watching together is Legion we watched season one slowly way back one yeah we, like we can't talk that much about season two well we're only about two or three three or four three or four I think. episodes in and I, I think i'm liking it more than you but i think is that yes i'm more forgiving of things which are like i said it's probably the best looking tv show on tv because it's just very different in that regard but yes it does need to it needs to pick up out. the pace <laughs> that's all it is it's got to pick up the pace yeah, it does like to meander. Yes. Yeah. So we'll we'll see, and we'll we'll continue to talk about that one here. Uh, the, the the one show which I've been watching by myself is Westworld. Um, I'm not going to say too much because I I think really think you should watch it. Um, the first season is really good. Um, the re- the reveals the the way the story builds is great. The second season not quite as good, but I'm still really enjoying it. Um. As our friend said last night, some of the fan theories are becoming ridiculous, and it's the sort of thing which may ruin a show, I think. But it, everything nowadays is like that. Yeah, nothing but, can be pure. But this, this is this is good. This is like HBO; they're doing very well. It's not Game of Thrones where it's just gone to complete shit and there's got this massive hype level. The internet's going to hate you for saying that. But yeah, but Game of Thrones is not the best TV show that was ever made. Game of Thrones isn't really close to that. It's it's. A big event it's interesting to watch because of what it's been built from but you do wonder what it would be like if george rr R. martin had finished the whole story before they made it i am um, you've just reminded me of we watched logan lucky oh yeah which has that little little game of thrones quote in it, yes. which is one of my favorite bits of the film yeah yeah uh, that Dan, was daniel craig that was an enjoyable i really enjoyed logan lucky yeah a little film um S- surprisingly enjoyed i was expecting it to be like okay for a Sunday night but enjoyed it more than that yeah and I think I, I, I've said I will watch anything with Adam Driver in it Channing Tatum big fan Daniel Craig having a laugh <laughs> Daniel Craig was great yeah <laughs> no that was another good one yeah um, books books reading yeah I've been doing a lot more of that than I have watching you've been churning through them yeah I've been pushing through books and podcasts a lot okay, more recently yeah um, mostly because we get sent books at work, so I actually do have the opportunity to pick things based on the cover, which is a very novel approach nowadays and something <laughs> I haven't done for a long time. So uh, two of the three books that I have down, two of the, yeah, three books that I've got down as like recent ones that I've read, I read based purely on the cover, which is interesting. Um, and I liked all three of them. So first one is Seven Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle by Stuart Craig Turton which um, is very, it's a very easy read. It's not the most highbrow, but it's one of those ones that I actually, talking of now and then, I would read again, probably not just to know if I liked it, just to try and understand the flipping thing. Um, it's a bit, I think, 
I think the publishing company, I can't remember which one it is, described it as Gosford Park meets Inception. So it's like a murder mystery that's happening in a kind of unknown time, but based on what you see of the people there, like some time ago, um, not in the modern age, not with the internet, et cetera, et cetera. And then, but then there's also this kind of time travel element to it. So it really reminded me of as if David Mitchell was writing the Bone Clocks, which I read not that long ago as well, and did did like a Bone Clocks version of Agatha Christie. Interesting. Um, So there's a lot of weird twists and turns. Uh, Relatively good kind of denouement at the end. Would definitely recommend. Um, I thought it was really just interesting. Like it's not hugely complicated in its language or in its style of writing, but it's just a really interesting concept that was pretty well executed. Um, Then my next one is Circe by Madeline Miller, who um, has previously had a huge book as well called Song of Achilles, which I think was on the New York Times bestseller list. Um, And she kind of does Greek mythology, like retelling of Greek mythology. So this one's very interesting, um, especially in this era at the minute with the whole kind of Me Too feminist movement, because Circe traditionally is in like her in the odyssey kind of is featured as this kind of harpy is the wrong word because that then just confuses in the world of greek mythology but then i can't think of a better word for it so she's just a very terrifying scary witch who destroys men's lives um but in this retelling you see her where she comes from how she's been treated what's happened and the fact that if men do try to take advantage of her she will destroy them and walk all over them and so you end up with a lot more sympathy for this version of her as a per- as a goddess um yeah very interesting made me want to learn more about greek mythology which i've always been interested in but i kind of forgotten who's who in it so this one has odysseus and like hera all the big kind of names are in it um achilles blah 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 so yeah definitely worth a read um, and then my last one is Children of Time by Adrian Tchaikovsky, brilliant name, um, which is completely different to the other two, big on the sci-fi, 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 won the Arthur C. Clarke Award in 2016. Can't remember how I found it, but this was a Kindle, not real book. So I've never even seen the cover. It's a bit sad. Uh... I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to give too much away about what it is, but yeah, it's kind of set in the future in space and Earth has basically been destroyed because humans have just run out of resources. So Earth is is uninhabitable and has now been completely destroyed. So humans have set off into space to find another land and have kind of set up terraforming experiments to try and get find somewhere else to live and there's this whole colony of people who've obviously all been put to sleep in the hope that humanity will survive so it kind of splits the book splits its time between this colony of people who are on a spaceship figuring out where they can stay to survive and then what has happened on a planet that's being terraformed and it's not being terraformed by humans is the only thing i'll say um yeah very good really the end yeah but I feel like the end didn't really matter. It was kind of, it's one of those ones where they get so far, there's no there's no answer that they can give that was ever going to be able to just end the story. The whole point of it is really the journey. Um, but yeah, I really, if you, if you like, if you don't get annoyed by sci-fi, which I know a lot of people do in terms of it's completely removed from this world, it's 
very good and it makes you very sympathetic towards creatures you would not normally be sympathetic towards uh yeah that's my my three books and i've almost finished another one at the minute so there's one coming up mm. big on the books uh big on the and then audiobooks as well and podcasts but there's too much to go through yeah this is this is going to be a bit of a bumper um episode just because we're playing catch up so we'll keep some of it we'll do it next week yeah more podcasts next week i feel um, like we'll jump that one this week yeah that that last one was it called children of time yeah children of time I, that's one that i definitely want to read um i need to get on to that um what have I read? I, I, I mentioned the Southern Reach trilogy, which where the film Annihilation comes from. Uh, all I'll say is, actually, I don't really care that much for it. Um, the first one, Annihilation, was the best of the three books. Um, I think if, if he would have left it there, Jeff Vandermeer, it potentially could have come like become like a sci-fi classic. Cause it's just got quite a very unique feel to it. Two and three, I just found a bit boring, a bit of a slog. I kind of pushed through just because there was three books. Um, so... Yeah, maybe. Um, I think one of my one of the best things I read, well, one of the only sort of actual fiction novels I read was the Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay, which had been on my list for a long time. Uh, by what's his name, Michael Chabon. Michael Chabon, I believe is how he pronounce it. Got no idea. Um, which which was very good. I mean, the best thing I can say about it is when I finished it, it was one of the, I knew I was a few pages away from finishing it, and I felt sad. It was a similar feeling to when we finished watching Mad Men. I knew I was going to miss those characters. It, it it it's a it's a book set in the, the around the Second World War, and it's a lot about the birth of comic books, the golden age of comic books in New York. Um, go and look it up. There's there's too much for me to describe. It's uh, it's a really good adventure. It's got some great characters, uh, and it, it was lovely. Um, it was lovely. It was lovely. I, that's that's what I can say. I really enjoyed reading it. Um, a couple of other things which I read in the past six months which I thought were great uh, there were two graphic novels by a guy called Jesse Moynihan Forming and Forming 2 which are they're, they're just they're just batshit they're absolutely mental but I, I loved every bit of them they, it's kind of these sort of not celestial beings but kind of gods and how they create this world and then just some absolutely mental stuff goes down again well we'll link to this but i think you should go and have a look at them and sometimes i was just reading it like what is going on here it's quite it's quite funny as well a lot of the language is very modern and, and strange uh, and there was a, and, and there was another book by a guy called jesse jacobs called by this you shall know him which again involves um these creatures that create worlds and they're kind of marked by their um like almost like a lecturer sort of thing. This guy who's just sort of like, oh yeah, that world you created, oh, that's that's good work. I like what we've done there, but what, what what's the point of these things? What's the point of these dinosaurs and things like that? Um, it's this quite is fun. a fiction book. Yeah, no, it's, it's graphic novels. Ah. So, yeah, those are all graphic novels, which I, I I came across by this. You shall know him because it was one of those ones. Oh, you read forming, you would like this. There is no similar themes there, and they're just, just both a bit crazy. It's good, and that was it for books really. That worth talking about from me and that's about it I think for this episode because we're really pushing it like we said we've tried to cram nine months worth of stuff into there miss a lot of stuff we'll pick some stuff up next week and we'll we'll, we'll try and add some stuff we'll see what we can get in yeah we we'll be gonna, a little bit more organised I think we know we're going to watch Rampage obviously <laughs> we've been waiting for Rampage we're going to get all over Rampage so that's a promise you can bring games in talk about Overcooked 
Oh god. It's just too many things. Gonna play that. Board games. Yeah. It's just it's a world of fun. Right, we don't cool. even have any time for this stuff. We'll get organised. We'll do it anyway. And it's coming up. So, as we've done the last couple of episodes, we, we don't really talk about music, but um, we, we like to finish on a, on a song, but we like to um, flip a coin. Annabelle, have you got a coin handy? Um, or flip a cookie? Do you have a coin handy? Let me just actually retrieve one from my purse. Here's a 20 cent coin. 20 cent coin. Head or tails? Heads, please. Does that count as a flip? That'll do. Heads. Heads it is. You've won every time. I've won you? every time. So I break a habit. Before you get to choose yours, I was going to go with... Um, I just looked at Last FM and looked at what song I'd listened to most in the past six months, which was, in my view, by Young Fathers, which I, I'm a big fan of Young Fathers. They're just sort of slightly strange pop, I think, really. They started off as sort of hip hop but they're just strange pop and in my view it's just a great the video's song. pretty yeah the video's good yeah confronting yeah and then it sort of goes into showing you how, why they're doing certain things in a video to try and manipulate people and techniques they use um, but that's a great tune we'll link to it and so what are you going to end us with um, end us I feel like I should caveat because I don't know if this so I don't have time to listen to music probably more than anything else music is a thing that I miss just through lack of time nowadays too busy at work too busy at home usually dedicate commuting times to podcasts or audiobooks um, so all I do nowadays is if I hear a song I add it to a, just a random list of things I like at the minute or things I might like um, and then kind of revisit it periodically having no idea who any of these is um, so I've gone with I Told You I'd Be With The Boys by a band called Cherry Glazer, double R, um, who are like a rock band from LA, I think. And I literally, I think, I'm pretty sure the lead singer is like 1920, uh, which makes it feel very old. But weirdly, I liked it because it reminded me of the kind, like I've always had a soft spot for female-led kind of rock shouty rock pop bands which is exactly what this is it's kind of um fairly fast paced but has a really catchy intro good bass line yeah cool so what they call again cherry glazer Rrr. okay cool double r like riot girl well, well we'll finish off with cherry glazer i need to give that a listen myself um we'll link to that i think we do have a spotify playlist with all the songs we've had at the end of our many episodes We'll link to that as well. Uh, this is Perception Issues. Speak to you soon. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Uh, hello. Um, it's future Ian here. Um, just let you know, unfortunately, we've had to remove the songs that we originally played at the end of these episodes. Or this episode, sorry. Um just because we don't want to get sued um, we, we had a good run nobody came after us but you know we don't want, we don't want to get a letter one day from some obscure indie label telling us that we're using their music and we shouldn't be uh, so yeah the, the, the tracks that we mentioned please uh, come and find them on uh, perceptionissues.com uh, we would have uh, hopefully if you know we've got it all together we would have posted them in with the episode itself sorry about that I would like to have left them in 
but is it worth it? Don't know. Sorry, I'm gonna go sort out the dishwasher that you can hear in the background. Bye.